Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 62 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend, Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. How are you? 62? 62. We're getting old. I know. Gosh. This is going to be fun. I can't believe we're going to start talking about school, and I know you can't believe it even less. I am not ready. Yeah, you're not ready. You're basically kicking and screaming your way into this episode topic, but I'm yeah, dragging you right. with me. No, I'm just kidding. That's all right. I do it for the people. <laughs> do it for I do the- it for all the people whose kids start school like really soon. Yes. Like next week. I know my, my Arizona friends start next week. So we're recording this on August 1st. It'll air the first week of August. And whenever you start school out there, um, we are doing things we shouldn't have freaked out about the starting school edition. So if you are a longtime listener and have been with us, um, from the beginning, you may recall that we this is kind of an ongoing, you know, loosely loosely themed series where we take a topic that in retrospect we shouldn't have been so worried about. So we have a things we shouldn't have freaked out about new mom edition. We have one about parenting toddlers. And I think we can just acknowledge that whether you're a worrier type or not, it's so easy in hindsight to look back and be like, yeah, that was not as big a deal as I made it out to be. And I don't think I don't think we can solve all your worries, moms out there with kids who are starting school. <laughs> but I think sometimes it does help. Even it even helps me for my own self to look back and think, yeah, that was not such a big deal. Um, so we're so happy you're listening, listeners. And really, this is going to be fun. We're going to kind of gear it toward kids starting preschool or elementary school for the first time. But a lot of this applies if your kids are if you've moved and your kids are starting a new school, or if your kids are transitioning to say middle or high school, anytime that we, you know, we're embarking on a new school journey, I think some of these same worries crop up. So that's today's topic. I also think, Megan, that whenever we do these, it's really just a great illustration of how many things I find to worry about and how great you are at 
not sweating the small stuff. The thing is, I worried about a lot of school. Like school was a big one for me. So okay. yeah, that and that you, was one of the things where my worry mom or my I guess my overachiever mom or something side really came out when it came to school. Yeah. So the thinking yeah. for a thinking. while, then I just threw my hands up and gave up. Well. <laughs> Well, we all appreciate your, um, you have more hindsight than I do here. So, um, okay. I don't even have any, oh yes, I do. I have a big housekeeping thing. We yes, also a big have a one. giveaway. We, yes. we have a really fun giveaway at the end of this episode. We're going to make you listen to the end, but I will give you a hint that this is, um, a giveaway package of five awesome products, again, geared toward parents of kids who are starting preschool in that preschool toddler and preschool age range. Um, and the whole package package is valued at over $200. So this is a great getting back to school or starting a new preschool package for um, moms of little ones. And I will talk about the products at the end of the show and tell you how to enter. So listen all the way to the end, all the way through our worries Do and it. our getting over our worries. Um, so let's get to it. Um, all right, I'm going to throw a couple out there um, of things that I – spent way too much time worrying about that I now realize in retrospect. And the first one happens even before the kids start school, and that is researching all the schools and visiting all the schools in my area. So you probably had a different experience, although I know you've moved, so maybe you did have some of this, but I lived in an area um, in the Phoenix metro area, Phoenix Scottsdale, where there was a lot of school choice for both preschool and then when I had an entering kindergartner. Um, and a lot of, I wouldn't say pressure, but a lot of assumption that the good parents were looking into all of the options, which again, we've said it before on the show, choices and availability of information is great when you're a parent, but it is also can be completely overwhelming and get, just get you like all in a tizzy. So, um, I'm not saying I wish I wouldn't have done my research and done a few school tours, but, um, I don't think it's necessary to provide yourself with all of the information when choosing the right school. I think there's a whole lot of leap of faith going on and choosing your neighborhood school or the cheapest school or the one on the way to your job for convenience. There's a, a lot of value in that. So yeah. I guess if you're in an area where that's, where that's a pressure situation or like I said, an assumption that that's what you're supposed to do, just just listen to that little voice that says, you know what, I'm just going to go with this one because that's where my sister-in-law's kids went or whatever. Whatever the reason is, your reason is valid and you don't, totally have, to, you don't have to make a spreadsheet. I literally think I had a spreadsheet. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So my, I, so my experience was a little bit um, different just because when my kids first started going to school, we lived in a very – we lived in a pretty small town. Right. And they – but we were close to a bigger city that had a lot of options. So technically I did have – access to options, um, lots of them, but I just kind of narrowed my search because I was, you know, pregnant with my third at the time and it was just really stressful. And, um, so Jacob was my, you know, first kid in school and was, has always been the one who liked school the least. And so he had a really rough time and we just, I put him in the public school and we put him in the kindergarten there and he just had a really rough time. So we pulled him out and homeschooled him in first grade. And then the next year I just was like paralyzed because mm -hmm. I hadn't, we hadn't had a great experience at the public school. Right. I really didn't have enough experience as a mom yet to know if that was him or the school or just a bad fit. Like I couldn't right. really suss that part out. So we yes. wound up putting the boys in a Catholic school, a little Catholic school, which was fantastic. Like it, it was a really comforting little transitional phase for me, I guess I would say, because it was small and really 
felt like a ho- like felt like a family. And so that was like my whole reason was really like I felt more comfortable there and I felt like they liked me more or something. Like it was one of those like, you know, I have no valid reason. I, I can't tell you if the education is better here. Right. I just feel better here. Right. Right. Then we moved to Chicago. And we lived in Chicago for one year, and I did the whole, like, tried to figure out the school choice thing. We got there a little late, so we really weren't able to get in on any of the um, public school choices, mm-hmm. like, because that all has to happen ahead of right. time. And so um, the kids ended up in a little Lutheran school there because I toured, you know, maybe five or six schools, got completely overwhelmed, and picked mm-hmm. one that um, had a sign-out for an orientation, like a parent orientation, <laughs> and happened to be like four blocks from our house. So I went to yeah. the parent orientation. It was one of those schools that was like kind of up, you know, like in an up-and-coming area that really needed parent participation. So by the end of it, like the principal had already latched on to me as someone who was going to be that person, mm-hmm. which is so funny because, you know, that I'm not, right? Yeah. Um, and we had a nice year there. And then at the end of the year, I we moved because <laughs> I, I couldn't handle it. I just couldn't handle the Chicago school system. And with as many kids as we have yep, and as many really there, unless you live, unless you're fortunate enough to have the budget to live near a fabulous neighborhood school, everybody does magnets or right. limit, you know, right. selective enrollment or something like that. And people end up driving their kids all over the city and you have to like really, you have to, there's this whole lottery process. You have mm-hmm. to get on it super early. And I just took a look at my life and my reality of a mom with four kids. And then I was pregnant with Clara and I was like, nope, moving. Yeah. We're just going to move to a place where there's one school. Yeah. And that's what we did. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR5050 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, we're all comparing notes on our favorite product, Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. 
All of our Places products are made without PFAS, also known as forever chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, our place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code mom hour. So my kids are in the school system for in a large part because I needed to simplify and I couldn't yeah. handle it. Yeah. No, yeah. I think, I think that's a really, I think that's a really good story. And again, evidence that the, the, our motivations for choosing a school, I don't think need to be, need to be, everyone's motivations are different and everyone's yeah. priorities are different. And um, I think that's a dangerous comparison if you get into comparing with other families what other families are yeah. doing. And again, in hindsight, we can see where the priorities were pretty clear, and you were able yeah. to kind of zone in on that at that point. Um, I yeah. want to mention. I'm not that- sure if it was so much of a zone in as like a giving up, but <laughs> it worked out. My kids, have most for the most part, had a really great experience in these schools. I mean, we picked a town that we knew had good schools, yeah. but it was just that there was only one district, so I yeah. knew no matter where we lived in town. Yep. It was going to be that. And yep. so I didn't even have to think about it. Yep. So. Well, um, I want to mention well. that we did an, a whole episode on choosing schools, episode 16, back about a year ago. Um, right. So if this is a hot topic for you, we're going to move on to other things we freaked out about. But if this is a hot topic for you, um, we shared some of those same stories and then continued on that topic. Um, spoiler alert, the answer is don't worry about it. It'll all be okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> but that was episode 16 and I'll link to that in the show notes. Um, all right, I'm going to move on. Um, here's yeah. another big one I think is potty training before preschool things that I have had experience freaking out about. And I know other moms do as well. Um, many preschool programs have a rule that your kid has to be potty trained for a certain classroom. I know we've been at preschools where there's like a toddler class, but to go into the, say the three-year-old or three and four-year-old class, they need to be potty trained. I have, um, Reed has a June birthday, um, which means he turned three in June and started preschool that August. So, um, and he potty trained at three, like after he Mm. turned three. So we were down to the wire. Um, he was not my first kid to potty train, but he was a very different kid to potty train than my first and later as is, you know, pretty average with boys, I think. But he also, it wasn't just that he was older. It was also that he didn't respond to the same (laughs) incentives or logic, uh, or it didn't have the same issues. Allegra had more accidents. I would say he just did not want to put on underwear, like literally did not. He didn't even want to be naked after a bath. It was almost like, like a security thing. He wanted to have a diaper on. So it was a totally different, uh, anyway, different potty training process. And it did come down to the wire. And I guess um, if we're talking about hindsight and not worrying so much, what I have found as I've moved through preschools is, number one, you always feel like you're the only one whose kid is borderline potty trained. And let me tell you, you are probably in the majority. Because potty yeah. learning and training, there's so many different issues kids have. Some of them don't like to poop. Some of them don't like to go by right. themselves. Some of them can't get their pants up. Like, no three-year-old... Yeah is like 100%, I mean, I shouldn't say no, but but it's very normal for three-year-olds to not be all the way done with their toilet experience. And <laughs> many, many, many of them will still need something during nap time if nap time is part of their preschool experience. I mean, like, right. that's totally, like, yes. not even borderline um, developmentally 
yeah. you know, appropriate yeah. is for yeah. kids to have. They don't yeah, learn such that a, at three. Such a good point. Um, and just all the little things that go along with it, they're, they're all on some kind of continuum. So number one, you are not alone and it always feels like you're the only one who's trying to sneak in this barely potty trained kid for the first day of school. Number right. two, teachers are more understanding than you think. Now, no teacher wants you to pass off like a kid who's never heard of the toilet as a potty trained kid and just have them pee all over the floor. But teachers, a lot of teachers are moms. A lot of teachers have Mm -hmm. gone through it themselves. And they are so much more compassionate and understanding. They signed up to be a preschool teacher. If they didn't want to pee on their (laughs) bathroom floor from little dribbles here and there, they wouldn't have gone into this line of work. So those, I think, are two things that I now in in hindsight really was very hard on myself the good news about reed the happy ending to my story is he was one of those kids that once he finally got it he never had accidents ever i have another child who had accidents random potty accidents into way later years not often but whereas he never ever like had a problem once he was it just took a really long time and it took different strategies than I thought it would so I don't know that's another big one yeah that and I I also think there are kids who literally are potty trained while they're at preschool and then they come home on the weekends and are like not potty trained anymore and it's because at school there's that routine and the peer pressure and all that scheduling around it and so that was something I can't remember now which kid it was of mine maybe Jacob where his teachers were like no he's totally potty trained and I was like what are you talking about No, he's not. But he was able to kind of hold it for the time he was there or just get on board for the three hours he was at school or whatever it was. I I still don't even know. Um, So you might have that experience as well. But I totally agree. You know, there's there's three year olds are huge. There's a huge spectrum of behaviors and abilities there as far as potty learning goes. And most of the time. If you hear and and sometimes there there are schools I've heard of that are very strict about that and right. if that's you've been in your experience don't let that scare you that they're all like that because yes. they're not agreed and I, I I would just be open either with your teacher if you have a relationship with or if it's your first time going into that class with the school and just ask like what's like how does this work if we're having potty issues what's your approach do you send the kid home do you because nobody's gonna kick you out of school on the first day if your kid has an accident so right. I guess just lifting some of the pressure on yourself to have it be perfect. And I'm so glad you brought that up that, yeah, some kids are actually better about their potty habits at school than they are at home. There's so much like psychology in it with mom. Sometimes it's better for someone else to just say, all right, it's time to go, you know? Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, okay. Feel free to interrupt me if you are having any memories of things you freaked out about. Otherwise I'm going to just keep going. Cause I'm, I'm sure I'll have something to say about everything on your list. <laughs> All right. So this one might be more uniquely me, but I know you're out there, other mamas who are like me. I thrive on information in advance because I do like to know what to expect. It's part of my personality. Um, And I've had the experience with preschools in particular that aren't great at parent communication because preschools often are a small business, a privately owned thing. They're run Mm -hmm. by educators and nurturers, and they're not set up like you know, a a well-oiled machine some of the time. And it used to really frustrate me and add to kind of my being a new mom in school anxiety when I wasn't getting, you know, I wasn't getting the newsletters because they didn't have my email. I wasn't getting the memo. I'd show up and not realize it was, and I just would, I had a lot of resentment about like, why can't these schools get it together, you know, from a parent communication standpoint. And I've just learned that it's, it, it may be frustrating and maybe they could do a better job, but it's not always the hallmark of a good school or a good teacher because I've had mm. phenomenal teachers who aren't natural 
parent communicators who don't have a newsletter every week, who forget to tell you about share day, and who are honestly some of the best preschool teachers my kids have ever had. So I don't know if this is like something I worried about, but definitely something that I judged and had like attached a lot of significance to. Because in the beginning, it just seemed like this is their job to keep parents informed. And if your school has like is terrible in this regard, certainly something should be done about it. But I think I attached more significance to it and sort of tied it to what I thought about the teacher and what I thought about the school. And I've since learned that that's not necessarily, you know, communication can always be improved, but it's not necessarily tied to how good a teacher or how good a preschool program it is. That's so funny because I have the complete opposite. I kind of loved the teachers who were forgetful and didn't send notes home because in a way I felt like it let me off the hook a little bit. Um, I've had teachers, my kids have had teachers that are excellent communicators. And then I feel like if I drop the ball, it's all on me. And Mm -hmm. sometimes people who are really naturally organized can be a little judgy about people who aren't. Yes. (laughs) And especially, yeah, I know, especially teachers who have like didn't have small kids of their own and stuff like that I would sometimes feel like do they even know what my life is like right um I'm getting yeah I got the newsletter I guess it got buried in my email I didn't see it or it came home in the backpack and I didn't get it out in time or ended up in the recycle I'm terrible about recycling stuff by the way like prematurely recycling (laughs) homework or notes that I because I just kind of get in this like frenetic cleanup mode because that's how I have that's kind of how I have to operate to keep things running so I always really appreciated the ones who knew that that was a weakness of theirs mm-hmm. and were just kind of like, sorry guys, because I would find that then you, you would kind of realize that like missing share day or not having, you know, the color of the day on or whatever the thing was in preschool um, wasn't really that big of a deal. And those teachers tend to not make as big of a deal about it because they know that they're probably Agreed. not always letting you know. Um, so I've had kind of, I like the ones in the middle who yeah. like, are pretty good, or at least they try, but they know they screw up sometimes and aren't right. um, sort of like, hey, why didn't your child wear, you know, right. a crazy hat today? It was crazy right. hat day. Right. Um, so I don't know. It's all over the place for me, but it's, it's funny that you would have a completely, yeah. well, it's not, it's not that unexpected that you do. No, it's not unexpected. Side, and it was our first preschool in particular um, who did nothing by email. Like you could email them. I remember emailing a question to the email published on their website and like literally nobody got it for like three months. And I just was like, (laughs) come on people. And you know what made the breakthrough? And this is probably just a good lesson in general was a few months into the school year. I just finally developing, this is also a school where there wasn't a lot of parent interaction with the teacher. They'd get the kid out of the car and the drop off line, walk them in. And they'd put the kid in at the end of the day and they, you know, you could chat for 30 seconds about how the day went. But until like the parent teacher conference, I just didn't feel like I knew the teacher all that well. So I had nothing. The only thing they published was like, call this number if you have an issue. Well, I didn't have any issues big enough to call a number. I just, I just felt like I wanted a little more back and forth. Um, And it was my first kid. And finally, I think it was at one of the parent teacher conferences. I said, is there a way to get a hold of you? You know, just if something comes up, if Allegra had a, you know, a rough night of sleep and I wanted to let you know or whatever. And she said, yeah, just text me. And she gave me her personal cell phone number, which not all teachers will do. Right. And I don't think they should. And it's not. But in this particular relationship, it ended up being perfect. I could just, you know, I could let her know if something was up at home or if I needed to pick her up early. And I, I like mm. found my own way to communicate with that classroom. And I think um, because I had this rigid expectation of how it should work, um, that that was like a, was an uncomfortable tension for a while. But I guess in retrospect, just knowing that all schools are different, 
all teachers are different and most teachers want to have a way to be in communication with you. They just are different. Just like people are different. Some people hate the phone. Some people right. like aren't good emailers or they, they send emails, but they come out sounding all wrong. You know, I've had teachers like yeah. that too, where I'm like, Oh Lordy, stay off the email. <laughs> you know, just because that's not the yeah. way they're trained to communicate. So I don't right. know. That was kind of, yeah. that took us in a lot of different directions, but. Well, it's, it's, I think it's probably a pretty common thing. And I think you're right that probably with the first kid, it's the most intense with all that. Plus, you know, yeah. with your first kid, you want to talk about your kid a lot. That's another thing that I think yes. I've gotten over. Um, I remember feeling this intense need when it was Jacob to talk about him yes. constantly. Um, and for other people to remark upon how special he was. <laughs> <laughs> or to have the, or had to have the teacher know them. Do do you feel right, that way? Yeah. Like I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Like his, yeah, exactly. Like I wanted to feel like they were as, um, and and not that I'm suggesting like a teacher isn't going to like your kid or know your kid, but they're not going to be as taken with your kid as you are. That's that would be weird. Right. A. They have 25 or 30 kids to know, and and they're it's just not they're looking at a group. Um, right. like kind of like the way I look at my family now, right? right. Like where everyone's kind of there. Um, part of a unit. And yeah. in those days, I was looking at Jacob as a very special snowflake. And right. I guess I just really wanted that acknowledged in some way. I think sometimes uh, my interactions with the teachers, I was really just fishing. Now yeah. looking back, it's so funny. I think I was just kind of fishing for like someone to tell me how cool my kid was. You know, yeah. so I can kind of acknowledge that looking back all those years ago now. But well, and it's uh, funny, I can kind of relate. Although I think what I was more trying to do was make sure they knew like all my kids little quirks just so that almost to give them a head start on the relationship. Like, right. you know, when he has to go potty, he'll do this. Well, th they are going to figure that out on their own. And actually it's a beautiful thing for your kid to have a relationship that they build on their own with somebody else. And now I totally yeah. realize that, but I think I was more trying to like, you know, you get a little questionnaire, like, tell us about your child. I was cramming the margins of that thing and hoping that they were going <laughs> to memorize it. Like, I just wanted yeah. them to know what I knew. I don't know why to make it easier on my kid. And yes, so they could see what a special snowflake they were. But yeah, I think kind of the same, the same thing is that realizing that they will get to know your kid. They do think your kid is great. And it's a great thing for your kid to, to, impress that teacher in his or her own way and not well in the that's the other that thing in yeah. not you don't it doesn't have to all go through your filter um yeah. sometimes we we know our kids a certain way but they can be different with us than they are with other totally. people and we can be kind of myopic in the way that we see them so yeah, yeah totally yeah totally um okay well I'm gonna jump to something that's a little more elementary school age and this came from a Facebook comment from our listener Carol um, and she is looking back, realizing that she totally stressed over having enough school supplies, getting everything on the list and having it all ready, you know, like the paper says in mm -hmm. time for school. And you and I actually, we also have done, we've touched on this in a previous episode, but it's worth mentioning again that the school supply lists are a guideline. No one is going to fire you from the PTA if your glue sticks are not the right brand. And right. not only does it not all have to be there on the first day, it's almost a little overwhelming when it is all there the first day. I so agree. if you're the parent yeah. that like waits till the kids are in school and then hits up Target when you have a free moment and, you know, grabs what's it's, it's just all going to be okay. You know, the other thing to keep in mind, especially for young kids is often now and increasingly so I've noticed, um, for like preschool, kindergarten, first, second, sometimes up to like fourth grade, a lot of those supplies are shared. 
So yours mm-hmm. doesn't even have to be in yes. the teacher's hands until like mid-year. I mean, right. really. Yes. So, I mean, it's good to know. Uh-huh. <laughs> you don't want your you don't want to show up in January with your kid's first pack of crayons and the whole right. time the teacher's been like, okay, what was this all about? But oftentimes those are a group thing. That's like yes. your contribution to the classroom. They don't necessarily need to be there on day one. Right. Yes. Agreed. And all the, I know they get so specific about what brands they want. And I think part of that comes from, you know, quality supplies are important and it doesn't do anybody, nobody wins if, um, you know, there's an off brand kind of glue stick that never works. Um, but I think the, the other side is it can feel so prescriptive. And so mm-hmm. like, if you're like me and you follow rules to the letter, it's like, Oh my gosh, I have to look for the Fiskar scissors with the rounded tips, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Or if so, you're like wondering if you've gone to four different stores and you cannot for the life of you find a red, yellow, blue, and green yeah. folder that has two pockets and yeah. three rings. I mean, yeah. sometimes those are very specific and there's been times where I'm like, okay, yeah. but then I just give myself a little bit of a break and order them on Amazon. And if they don't come for a week, they don't come for a week. It's totally. not, you know, it's not the end of the world. And, and the other thing I stuff right away. Right. And the other thing I found, which kind of goes back to teacher communications is a lot of times lists might be put together by the whole team or the school yeah. at large or the district. Even the teachers will, if it's really important to them, like say it's a certain type of a certain brand of something or something they really need right the first day, the teachers will find a way to let you know, you know, you'll get, yeah. you'll get an yeah. email just from the teacher saying, you know, the three ring binder is really important because we're going to be using it on the first day. So they, if something is mission critical, the teachers will let you know. Whereas often the supply lists are sort of a team effort. And if, you know, yeah, of course it's, it's great to make your contribution, but doesn't need to be something you totally stress over. This is where I'm going to put in a plug for my strategy, my lazy mom strategy that I've accidentally fallen into the last two years <laughs> of not actually cleaning out backpacks to like the day before the new school year, nice. because I find so much stuff I can reuse in those. And if I mm-hmm. took the time to sort it all out and put it all away, then I just have to get it all back out mm-hmm. three months later. So, you know, like last year when I did that on accident, I just, we had a, we had a family party. I put all the backpacks out in the front, you know, entryway, which we never use really. Right. Um, and then forgot about them until August. But when I went in and started pulling the stuff out, I realized I could just kind of shuffle things around. Like there were pencils that hadn't been used. There were crayons that were barely touched. There were folders that Owen had been um, assigned that he never used that I could then just put in Clara's bag. So there was, right. you know, not that right. everyone's not going to use that strategy, but I think, you know, if, if you want to be a little disorganized and just throw everything in a big pile from last, everything that's salvageable yeah. in a big pile, you can probably shop out of that pile. Yeah. And then keep it away. If your kids are like my kids ages two, where they're doing a lot, they're still doing a lot of art and random stuff yeah. this summer. Yep. Not a bad idea Clara to keep it too. separate so that it doesn't get absorbed into uh-huh. them. It's not as in as good a shape after a summer of, I know that because Claire went through all the kids, um, brand new, like the big boys had tons of notebooks. They didn't use them all. And she went through and like drew little stories, but only on the first page Yeah, nice. of, you know, like four different, of course you yeah. could just tear the first page out. It's not a big deal. It's, it's still usable, but totally. Like, or oh, my kids on, have been using scissors for all kinds of like non-sanction related scissor activities. So all the They're scissors all sticky are like now? sticky with glue <laughs> yep. and like rusty and I don't know what happened. So yeah, yeah I love that. Um, okay. So what about making friends with other parents and, or getting involved socially? I'm not talking about volunteering just yet. I think we should touch on that, but I'm talking about like mom clicks or being friends or friendly with other parents at school. I, again, my very first preschool experience was at a school where we did the drop-off line with our cars. So there was very little socializing and there wasn't a lot of parent 
like events or anything to get involved in. So I just felt like I didn't know anybody. And I would say it was more of like a discomfort at feeling like I, I didn't know any other parents. Not that I super wanted to be best friends with everyone, but I know mm. that schools can have cliques. Um, it can feel overwhelming if like, let's say parents have had younger siblings at that school. So they've been around a long time, even if their child's entering kindergarten or preschool, they, you know, they know the teachers and they know everybody and it can be intimidating to go into that. Have you experienced that in any way? So here is one thing where I will, I will again, put out a, you know, piece of advice to know yourself and be Mm -hmm. okay with your own personality when it comes to this. I think I put a lot of pressure on myself in the early years. Um, and almost was judgy of myself that I wasn't more of like a mingler, mm-hmm. like a drop-off line mingler, a playground mm-hmm. mingler. I am terrible at that. And I'm an extrovert. So mm-hmm. it's not, again, we've talked about this before. It's not that like I don't like to talk to people. It's not that mm-hmm. I'm not friendly and outgoing. I really am. But that like I get hives when I um, when I walk up to a crowded state, um, bleachers, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or like the playground or whatever. And I have to go sit next to some random mom and start a conversation. Mm-hmm. It is terrible. I hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. So I really, this time around, you know, I kind of figured out that I hated it after mm-hmm. trying with, I think three different, by the time we ended up in the school district, I think it was like three different schools. And I just kind of let myself be the mom on the sidelines for a while. Mm-hmm. I realized that it was easier for me to make friends in really specific situations like, Hey, you know, William's best friend's mom seems pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And then by becoming friends with her, like that kind of introduced me to a social circle outside of my own that I wouldn't Mm -hmm. otherwise maybe have even infiltrated. So I've done a lot of that kind of thing, which Mm -hmm. has taken some, it takes longer that way, honestly, you know, and you don't always, it's not like you, you, not everyone your kid is buddies with, you're not always going to love that person's mom. You're just not going to hit it off. They're going to be busy during the times you're not or whatever. Um, that really worked for me. And, and part of that though was also that, when we started here was probably one of the busiest times of my life as a mom. I was, you know, pregnant with my fifth kid. So I just didn't even really have the luxury. Yeah. I just really, I like scaled things down. I hung out with like one or two people that I already knew and I kept it really, really simple for a while. And now it's kind of crazy how, how many people I know now it's kind of now it's like the Pandora's box that I think I just kind of purposely kept shut for a long time. And once I kind of opened it up and like, got to know some people it spread right. part of it's because it's a small town but it spread really fast and I'm like yeah. Ugh, I know too many people yes <laughs> no put it back in <laughs> but I don't know that's kind of long-winded and I don't know if that actually answers your question yeah. I think for me it's just like it happens like it'll happen it doesn't yes. have to happen today or tomorrow and you're not a loser if you're not friends with the other moms in the clique and you know the click will baby will change yes next year. I think, and, and knowing yourself I think is the right. smartest advice Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. 
Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. I know, like, so I have a slightly different, like, social anxiety or social issue than you do. I don't mind making small talk with somebody I don't really know. But where I get really intimidated is when I feel like, and a lot of times it's my own perception, not reality. If I feel like everybody knows each other and I don't know, and I am on the outside, that's where mine super kicks in. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I've been at schools where that seems to be the case. I don't know if it's just starting a new school. And then, you know, when you're, when your kid is the youngest, other parents may have been there longer. And then we moved. So then I was in a, you know, but, um, I guess, my just what I found a uh, number one knowing yourself knowing that that's a trigger for me and it's not necessarily mm-hmm. true that everybody knows each other and is best friends and I'm the only right. one who knows no one that's definitely right. a concern they might all just be making small talk exactly. <laughs> you know you don't have, exactly. any, yeah, you have no idea or they might have met last week and they're just right. talking to each other because they're a familiar face um but again I think um developing one-on-one relationships, not even deep friendships, but just like if you know that one person's name and you can say hi to them, just starts to sort of break up that feeling like it's you're the odd man out. Um, And I think also like connecting with social connectors, some people are really good at that. And some mm -hmm. people are the people who know everyone and bring people together. And it's not usually hard to find those people because they kind of they want you. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, they're like, ooh, fresh blood. How do I right. get my hands on you? Um, sometimes just that, having that connection, even if it's yeah. a very like casual connection, can yeah. it, it can kind of widen your circle. If you're yeah. ready for it to be widened, and maybe you're not, and that's okay too. And I would say that if you are the more seasoned, I mean, I'm definitely in a position now where I'm a more seasoned school mom. Violet starts preschool in the fall at the place where Reed has been the last couple of years. So I know the front desk ladies and I know the teachers and that's what I wanted. I wanted to feel like I wasn't just a total stranger. So if you are that person, you know, remember that some mom is walking in there for the first time and not only is their kid new to school, but they are new to being a school mom, which is like, it's like starting high school school. Being a school mom is like a whole different phase, you know, and it, it is a little socially intimidating. So you know, Absolutely. throw somebody a bone. Just be nice to them. Yeah, yes, yeah. Be nice. <laughs> really go out of your way. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Oh, you know what? I feel like I should say one more thing about that. Yeah. Because I think the social thing is a big one. Yeah. Um, one one thing that has helped me if I am having a lot of like weird social anxiety in a situation like that is to 
get myself in some kind of position of being in charge or like yes. doing something. That helps me a lot too. And I don't mean necessarily the person who shows up as, um, I'll tell you one thing that doesn't help when I yes. show up and I'm like one of 20 volunteers, but I don't have a specific job. Oh, the worst. And then I kind of have to get there and like wait around the worst and put myself really forward. Yeah. Um, to the boss lady or whoever, you know, whoever is in charge right. that for me is like even worse than you and I not are not good on committees. Can we, no, can we agree that no. committees are not yes, the place? Committees are the worst. You and I may be no. different in certain ways, but both of us are about as committee phobic as. Yeah. I would um, rather someone just handed me a pair of scissors and a stack of paper and said, yeah. cut this. Yes. I'd be like, thank you. Yeah. I'll cut this all day. That sounds great. Yeah. Yep, um, so it's just, yeah, it's, it's again, knowing yourself and being okay with whatever, whatever kind of mom you are, whether it's you know, volunteering or just standing in line or whatever at the right. bleachers. Um, it's also okay to be the one who sits by yourself. I don't want to know that. Too. Yeah. Like, well, that's, let's, sometimes that's me. Let's talk more about, let's actually go deeper with that because volunteering was something else I wanted to address. And it's a lot of the same themes about knowing yourself and knowing what kind of volunteering and then also the pressure of feeling how you feel when you don't or can't volunteer. Right. Um, yeah. Because again, this is this is a big one. It's also something we've talked about before. So I will link to our other school-related episodes. But um, I think again, going to the theme of what we shouldn't have fretted so much about. One thing I just don't think I was knowledgeable about was how many different ways there are to contribute in a classroom. And I just had the very classic, like you show up and read it with a reading right. group, or you volunteer at a class party. I mean, I think those were like or field trip. Those were probably the three things from my own elementary school memories and from like my narrow understanding of ways I figured it, I could contribute it. You know, PTA committees, field trip chaperone, party volunteer, and right. reader. And none of those really are my jam, to be honest. Some, some like more, some are okay more than others. I'm like you, I, I like being in the classroom if I have a really specific job, especially if it's a, a, a skill I can lend that I feel confident in. Um, I've had teachers ask me to take pictures before which I love because I'm a pretty good photographer and I'm, I'm a decent photographer. I'm really good at the post photography stuff, like downloading the pictures, editing them, printing them for the teacher, whatever they need. So I think knowing yourself and knowing your skills and knowing how many different ways there are to contribute those skills, it goes back to having a good relationship with the teacher and knowing that it's not just what's on the sign up form, that there's more to it. Um, yeah. my proudest moment as a classroom volunteer was last year, Allegra's second grade teacher by about two thirds of the way through the school year, she'd send Allegra home with no note, no email to me with a giant bag of unsharpened pencils. <laughs> and I would send them back the next day sharpened and we never communicated about it. That's hilarious. She just knew that I would do it, that, you right. know, I have a good electric pencil sharpener and I felt like I was contributing in the best way. Cause if you've been in a first Nobody or second wants grade to do that classroom, classroom. Yeah. the pencils are a disaster. <laughs> yes. They you know? are. And so that was like a perfect example of like oh, I found she gets me she knows I have a toddler that I have trouble getting a sitter for she knows I'm not going to do a field trip so just trust that there's a place for you in volunteering and if you're not and if you are into committees then by all means go for it but if you're not it, there's a place for you and a way to help absolutely and can I share you know a shocking confession here I probably already <laughs> told you this Sarah I am like the most awkward person around little kids I don't know. Like the most awkward. Yes. I'm yes. if they're like you know, the kid of a good friend and I already feel like I kind of know them. Like, you know, the first time I met Allegra, I didn't feel awkward around her because yeah. I knew her through you. Yeah. Um or if they're playing with my kid or something like that. That's a little bit different. But when it's if I'm in a classroom and I'm supposed to be you know, chaperoning or yeah. volunteering, I feel like I'm just like Ugh. And yeah. it's so weird. I love children 
yeah. you know, in general, but like the idea of like being surrounded by all these like sticky first graders, yeah. I just, and I kind of really beat up on myself about that when I was yeah. a younger mom or I was like, what's wrong with me? Like I should just, I should love all the children. I should be like this earth mother type. And then I'll never forget my sister, Catherine, who, you know, is like yeah. my role model of all things don't care. And she said to me one time when I think, um, maybe her third daughter was like going to third grade. She's like, that's it. I'm never chaperoning another field trip again. I've decided because she did a whole bunch. And she's like, if one more random kid comes up to me and holds my hand or calls me mommy or touches me, I'm going to freak out. And she's like, it's just not, it's just not a good, she's like, I, it makes my skin crawl. I don't know what it is, but it's just these like random small people coming up and like getting in my space. It made her very uncomfortable. And then I thought about it and I was like, I kind of feel the same way. Maybe not to that extent, yeah. but it doesn't mean you're like not a good mom or a bad person. Right. Or you hate children. It's just like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's just a little, it's just your personality type and it's okay to feel, there's a reason I'm not a school teacher, right. especially of right. small, like elementary school right. age children. Um, yeah. so that, that's another, I guess, nod to like, if you want to be the pencil sharpener person or the cutter outer of paper yeah. or help, you know, format the newsletter or whatever it is. Yeah. There's a, pl- there's a place there's for a you. There's a place for you. And, and also, I think I worried or, like, thought more about what the teacher would think of me. I mean, I stay at home primarily with my kids, and I think there's, like, a little bit of a, a worry that – or an assumption that I've got the time because I'm not working full-time. And, right. and I've definitely felt that. But I've also had a toddler at home with me and working a little bit part-time – so I always, I've, I've had so many times where I try to explain to a teacher, not that they've even asked, but why I can't right. come to something um, and feeling that like spotlight on me, like what's, what are they going to think or how do I compare to the mom who really doesn't have time for this? Um, and I think we can all give ourselves a break there. Your reasons are your reasons and your reasons will change. I'm actually really looking forward to being a little bit more involved in the kids, the big kids elementary school. Um, because yeah. Violet will be in preschool three days a week. And I, I can say that I honestly want to and that I, I want to find some ways where I can contribute in a way that's fun for me and not that I'm not doing it because I feel the pressure. So if you're feeling the pressure and you're feeling like it's because you want the teacher to think you're a good mom or the other right. parents, oh, you know, yeah. just – just, just be, go easy on yourself, I guess. I have never made a good, a good parenting decision because – I wanted someone else to think I was a good mom. There has never been a time where I've been like, I really need to do this so other people think I'm a good parent and then had that be the right choice. You know what I mean? Like, So true. Yeah. So true. If that's the motivation, then um, it usually is going to backfire in some way. Yeah. I just hope um, people aren't at home right now listening to this going, okay, I'm never letting Megan around my children because <laughs> I oh, sound no. like some kind I, of a you monster. Mentioned, you mentioned that once before a long time ago, and we actually got emails like being like, oh, I'm we, oh, yeah. so glad that Megan brought that up because I don't really like other people's kids either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would individually, they're lovely. As a group, yes. I just have a hard time. Right. So. And I think it's the, it's also when you're in a situation where you're kind of supposed to be mothering or chaperoning a bunch of kids. And you're supposed to know what you're doing. Yeah. And I don't yeah. really know what I, I don't know how to manage large groups of small right. kids. That's not my forte, right? I have like one right. at a time. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I have another, I think another good one that I think applies no matter what age or phase of school your kid is in. And that is something I've worried about or thought a lot about in the summertime is how is my kid going to adjust to fill in the blank? I mean, we have mm. transitions like half day to full day or 
going from elementary to middle school. I haven't done that yet. But, you know, every couple of years, there's a pre- more, more homework or testing this year. Um, every couple of years, there's a pretty significant change in what is expected of them. You and I have talked about how yeah. we feel about increasingly uh, rigid academic expectations. But whatever it is, um, I, my kids have always adjusted better than I thought, quite honestly. Um, you know, I've worried before, like, how are they going to go without a rest or a nap in the afternoon if they're going to full day? Or, you know, it's such a big class compared to what they're used to. How are they even going to like know how to ask the teacher something in, in, in a crowd this big? And, you know, again, things I shouldn't have freaked out so much about. They, they almost always adjust better than I thought they would, even to big yeah, changes. They do. Well, and here's the thing too, and, and isn't, this is going to sound so trite. But I think you can apply this to almost anything, whether it's making friends or kids adjusting or whatever. Um, they either will or they won't. Right. But really worrying about it does nothing <laughs> ahead of time. You're so you know, like smart. Borrowing, well, bu- borrowing trouble, it's, it's like it doesn't help at all because right. y- they will or they won't. And pretty soon you'll know if they are or they aren't. And then you right. can deal with it. But like really worrying about it ahead of time, it just seems like that's one of those things you have absolutely like no control over. You can prepare them. Right. And if they have a special need or like anxiety or whatever, you can talk to their teacher. I think that's it's good to be proactive. But worrying without action to me just feels like there's just really no point. No, it's just it's just a habit. It's just a nasty habit. What is that? Isn't there a biblical um, sufficient thereof? What is that saying? You know, the, the troubles of the day. Like, don't don't worry about, I, well, I know it's one of those ones that gets thrown around a lot. Someone's going to know this and be like, come on, Megan, get yourself together. (laughs) It's like, it basically means like there's enough trouble today. You don't need to worry about tomorrow because sufficient to the day are the troubles thereof, I think is what it is. But anyway, that's that. Yeah. We'll we'll get that right and put it in the show notes. (laughs) Even if you don't spend a lot of time worrying or stressing, I've been pleasantly surprised at how most kids take things in stride, even when it's a fairly big change. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Just yeah, that they well, and there's a whole classroom of kids who have to get this right. Yes, it's, you know, no one has. You know, no one's kid is like some. Okay, someone's kid, I'm sure, is like some super special, um, perfect adjuster kid who right. just goes with the flow all the time. But most kids right. run into bumps. And right. teachers know that and the people making, you know, administrators know that and people making these policy changes and all that know that too. Yeah. So they've got safeguards in place to help kids through these transitions anyway. And they know Absolutely. they're not all going to do it. Right, and they know, don't expect smoothly. it right away. I think that's right. a really good point, especially when we see the trend to, um, you know, holding back kindergartners. And I, I don't fall on any extreme line with regard to redshirting your kindergartner. I know it's a huge benefit to some kids. And it's fine, but I think when everybody is all of a sudden worried or contemplating whether to start a a five-and-a-half-year-old in kindergarten, then either kindergarten has gotten too advanced, as we've kind of touched on on this show, or we're just succumbing to a pressure to have our kids be ready for something that isn't necessarily about being ready. It's about being there and getting ready while you're there. Does that make sense? Mm, I don't know. It's a hot button for me because Reed is a young He's, it, he wouldn't have even been young with a June birthday, but now, at least where we are, June makes you very young, especially if you're a boy. Um, uh, okay, that, yeah. That almost everybody with a summer birthday is now kind of held back, even though our deadline is September 1st. So I don't know how yeah. I got on that tangent, except that well, no, and, and no, also understanding it's... that everybody's adjusting and that the adjustment yeah. is part of it, that it's not your job to get a kid ready for a full day academic day. It's 
that's the school's job once they're there, I guess. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Totally. And if everybody succumbs to that same pressure, then the, the, the meaning of kindergarten changes, right? Exactly. I mean, then, then everybody's older. And then, yep. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just that shift. And it's, we, we, I guess you resist it as you can, or if it's important to you too. But, um, but it's just that overall feeling like if everyone expects this of their kids, then the meaning of what it is to do yeah. this materially has changed. Agreed. It's not, it's then the expectation, the bar is raised for yep. everybody. And that so. trickles down to how we think about preschool. I know I, yep. I definitely made some like second year preschool, like that pre-K year, some decisions on the schedule that I was going to have my kids go based on what I thought would get them ready for kindergarten. And in retrospect, again, they are getting ready for kindergarten from the time they're born. It's just called like growing up and developing and maturing. Right. So, um, again, making, making or stressing over decisions with the aim of getting them ready for some new phase, I think, again, is a slippery slope. I just reset what you said. And can very. be kind of counterproductive. <laughs> oh, well, I want to tell people about our giveaway soon, but yeah, have I missed anything it. that well, I think I feel like this is one of those things we yeah. could just sit here and talk about all day. <laughs> yes. Um, but no, I, I mean, I, can we just like sum it up the way we always do? <laughs> Yes. it'll all be all right. I don't know. Okay. And, okay. and like I said, you know, sometimes it won't, sometimes you're going to have like a really stressful year and your kid's not going to like the teacher and yep. you're, you're going to mean, meet some mean moms and yeah. you're not going to like, you know, you're, you're going to miss the memo and you're, you're I'll, one day I'll tell the story about the time I missed the Thanksgiving dinner. I think I actually oh, told yeah. you that one. Yeah. That's I, a good I, one. My kids all cried at school. Um, <laughs> Because I totally, it was a new school and I didn't understand that the culture was all the parents go to the Thanksgiving dinner. At the school we'd been at before, parents didn't go. And so right. I just flaked and then ran into another mom from the school later. And she's like, oh, um, I called you earlier. Is everything okay? And like was trying to, you know, kind of beat around the bush. I had no idea. And it turned out my kids had stood there and cried. I mean, I felt like the biggest, like the most terrible mom. So sometimes yeah. that crap is going to happen yep. to you. But worrying about it right now, freaking out about it now is not, it's not going to make it not happen. That's for sure. That's right. And I think whatever you are, I mean, I think what these episodes always do for me, because I do like to uh, think about things and worry about them in advance, um, is that whatever I'm like obsessed over right now, that in three years, I'm going to be like, why were you so worried about that? <laughs> it's a great, yeah, exactly. it's a great, it's a great exercise. And I did um, ask my boys recently if they remembered that Thanksgiving dinner and neither one of them did. So, oh, that's awesome. That's really They're awesome. not scarred for life. Um, well, I would love to hear from listeners either a comment on the show notes, which will be at themomhour.com. If we, if you are, we won't even say worrying. If you are, if you have something on your mind that you're unsure of how it's going to go or that you're spending a lot of time thinking about, um, leave us a comment at the, on the show notes and we will make you feel better. We'll just tell you not to worry about it. But I bet other parents <laughs> will chime in too because a lot yeah. of this is universal. So you can leave that comment at themomhour.com. Look for episode 62. Leave us a comment. If you prefer, you can email us, hello at themomhour.com and let us know what you're freaking out about this starting school year. Um, and now I'm going to tell you about our giveaway. Yeah, so we have um, five awesome products that are geared toward, I would say, toddlers and preschoolers. Um, if you win this giveaway, you get all five. Two of them are personalized for your kid. So I'm just going to touch on them real quick. But the easiest way when we're talking about great products for parents is to go to our website and look at the pictures and check out the products. So don't stress if this doesn't make sense to you the way I'm describing it. But um, the first product is one I've used personally, and they're called Orbits Labels by Inchbug. 
And basically what they do is they fit around a bottle or a sippy cup and they're kind of a soft silicone. Like remember those Lance Armstrong, Live Strong, like those kind of bracelets? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that same kind of material. It's firm but has a little stretch and it fits around your bottle or your sippy cup or your water bottle, any size. Um, kind of snug like a little bracelet, but you can leave it on forever and just goes right in the dishwasher. So it's not a sticker. Um, It's a little like a silicone bracelet, like like a a little ring. Yes. Yeah. And they're thin, (laughs) like, yeah, um, enough. And you can also have little icons. If your child has an allergy, you can put a little peanut on there. They can get fancy, but they're, um, I just love that once they were on, I never had to worry about them ever again. And they fit multiple sizes. Um, There's, I should put a picture because Reed has a water bottle he's had literally since he was one that has had it on there the entire time for like five years. Um, and they're really simple and they're, um, so, so that's one of them. So it would be personalized with your child's name. I think they come in packages of four, so you can have, put them on a few, a few water bottles. Um, so this next one is $120 value and it is a personalized nap mat. So like if your kid takes a nap at preschool and they're so beautiful, they're, they're handmade or made with, you know, custom fabrics and there's a bunch of different styles to choose from and then your child's name can be on it so it rolls up kind of like a mini sleeping bag but it's just a cozy mat so you could have it at preschool you could keep it at the sitter's house or you know just anywhere where you need to nap on the go very cute um it's by janieb.com is the company again all this i'll link to um so the third product is a peanut butter substitute called wow butter that i am personally kind of excited about because i need this yes and um, I haven't even, I'll talk about it in a future episode, but my older two kids are actually starting a brand new school this fall, which I feel like we have not talked about, but that's for another time. So our new school is um, completely peanut and nut free, which our old schools were not. Um, but I was very curious to try this wow butter. It's wowbutter.com wow and it's, um, it's non-GMO, gluten-free. It's made in a dairy and nut free facility. Um, it is soy based. So if you had a soy issue, this would not be the one for you. But the texture and the taste is really pretty close to peanut butter. So I know we've, um, we've also tried sunflower seed butter, which has a, kind of just a different taste. I like it. It's okay. This, I would say, is a closer representation of peanut butter if you've got just a kid who loves peanut butter. Yeah. Um, and so these, run, these are $28 for six jars, and um, I believe the giveaway winner will get a sample of um, – that size so you can try it out you know share with your friends so if you have a nut-free school definitely worth a try um and then two more um so this next one is for you winter winter climate people because i know nothing about losing mittens except i imagine i know everything about losing mittens. <laughs> except i imagine it's annoying so we have a this... whole bag full of one mitten that without the other mitten i don't oh, know i feel like that's I don't know how it always happens that they lose one from the pair you know you but. need to write some kind of like an essay about that i feel yes. the, the the island of misfit mittens. i just make them wear you know mismatching mittens but this sounds like a better yes a better so solution. these is this is actually a combo of a fleece jacket with snap-on mittens so it's actually you would get the there's different styles for boys and girls and it's a fleece there's a couple different styles but basically a fleece jacket with mittens that snap on and the styles are really cute um, and then the mittens snap right onto the ends of the sleeve so that you don't lose them. And they look like great mittens and adorable, adorable styles. Um, that's a $60 value. Again, you'd choose your boy or girl in your size, but geared toward that preschool set. Um, and then the last one is called the Bump It Bowl. And um, I actually did try this one out too because I wanted to be able to talk about it. Um, and it is one of those bowls that does not tip over or 
slide across the counter and it really does work pretty great. It also has a cute little divider. So if your kid likes, you know, carrots and hummus or something where they can dip, you can put both sides in there and it will not knock over no matter what you do. It will stick to the counter. Nice. So, um, this again, is a heck of a giveaway, right? I mean, yes. I am excited for someone to win all of this. So again, it's over $230 value. And um, all we are asking that you do to enter is leave us a comment on the show notes. I would love for people to sign up for our email list. Um, But if you're already signed up or if you truly just, it's not your thing, it's going to be, you can't bring yourself to do it. Um, I'm not gonna, it's honor system. So yeah. I would love, maybe you could do something else nice for us if you don't want to send yes. us the email. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, Follow come over and say hey to us on Facebook or something. Yes. I don't know. Or something. leave an iTunes review. You guys know yeah. we talk about you all the time. All of these things help us. So, right. you know, throw us a you bone. Pick. But I would encourage you to <laughs> sign up for our email list. Um, if you haven't already, that is right on our webpage at the It's right where you'll see all of this. So it's easy to do right there, but then do leave us a comment on the show notes because, um, that will be your yes official entry. And when you leave a comment, leave a valid email address. It won't be published for others to see, but it will be the way that we contact you. Um, I'm going to run this through August 10th, which will give us time to remind people in next week's show um, to give kind of a last chance. So um, Wednesday, August 10th at midnight will be kind of the cutoff. And then we will get all this out to you maybe in time for your new school year if you're not one of the crazy early early starters but yeah if you um, had to ask me what I'm freaking out about school it's the fact that school's gonna start but like at all <laughs> at all <laughs> you guys have a while you have a while we have a long time I have more than a month left so yeah we've got time. I have two weeks two weeks from today so oh, not enough I know I know so again thanks for uh sitting through the long explanation but it, it will all we'll have photos of these products at the momhour.com you can look we'll through all them all be worth it for one of you so yeah it's yeah it's a pretty good comment. package so that's all. That's all I got. But um, that's all I got too. this is it for this week. Um, and uh, yeah, everybody, head, head over to the website. We've done some great interview episodes recently. Um, our download numbers are growing. More and more people are subscribing yes. and emailing us. So we're just really grateful. And um, yeah, continue. keep sharing because I think that must be where it's coming from. So. It, it is, and yeah, we keep just keep sharing we, with your mom friends. We love when hearing when people do that. Yes, and we love hearing from you. So. We will talk to everybody next week for episode 63. See you then. Bye. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. 
Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if mom, our listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. 